and welcome to Somewhat Damaged. Don't worry, you're in the right place. I'm still your host, Greg Alpern, and while the name may have changed, the unhinged and unfiltered comedy stays the same. Sit back and relax and listen to this new hot and fresh episode featuring Aaron Weber, co-host of the popular Nate Land podcast with Nate Bergazzi. Hello and welcome to the show. Figured no better way to start this one out with a little old school hip hop intro music to bring on our guest, Aaron Weber, uh, who's from good old Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, and bring on our uh, my co-host. That's what Nashville's known for. (laughs) It's definitely hip hop music. Definitely known for. That was a little special treat for John B. John is the chief of staff and main head booker at Stand Up New York in New York City. Uh, Purveyor of finest hip hop. So what's going on, man? How are you? I'm great, dude. I'm great. Uh, uh, Just hanging out down here in Nashville. It's cold this morning. Trying to get used to that again. But other than that, man, just rocking and rolling down here. Yeah. I mean, I, it's so funny. I was thinking about the last place, one of the last places that I was before this whole lockdown thing. And it was Nashville. Really? What were you doing down here? Um, I was there for work. I, 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 it was a conference that unbelievably had to do with GameStop. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I happened to stay the hotel that I was staying in was right behind Zany's. Right, oh, okay. I forgot that whatever that hotel is looked directly down at, at the back parking lot of Zanies. Oh wow, that's awesome! And the there was nothing there that that night or the couple nights I was there, and I was really bummed because I would love to have gone into that club. But I mean, I love Nashville. Nashville is an awesome town, obviously. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it feels like uh, one of the places to be right now. Like there's yeah. a real energy in the comedy scene, like like there hasn't been since I started. Like it wow. really feels like a good place to be. So yeah, and yeah. I mean, I you know obviously we've noticed, and I've noticed that a lot of people are playing running through Nashville, and they have for a while now. Yeah. Um, is that why you think it's it's kind of a the scene is happening? Like just because you're getting a lot of acts that were coming through because it was open and comf- like people felt comfortable coming there for whatever. Yeah, reason. well, it was one of the yeah one of the few places that was open for a while, so that right. definitely helped. And yeah. we've had a lot of uh, bigger name guys move here and right. kind of have a presence at the club. Yeah. And the really cool thing is we've been doing these new material nights on Mondays where there'll be a ton of comics on it and it's just you know, famous comedians there hanging out. It's just a great hang and uh it's it's really cool, man. I've never hung out at the comedy store, the comedy cellar like those comedians, but I've heard that the vibe is getting there in a in a similar way where it's just comics hanging out all night. It's an interesting yeah, like uh, that whole idea of new joke night. Um, I mean, the seller does it. They were doing it on a consistent basis. In New York, you got Frantic, which is the show on Mondays. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a 10 o'clock show, but like anybody will drop in. Shay will drop in and drop some jokes on it, you know. Um, it, it's just one of those vibes and those scenes that like it, it has a good – like the hang is always there. Right. Nashville seems like a cooler place to do that just because like – there's so much shit there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. only thing I know about Nashville is the uh, the KFC Nashville Spicy Hot, which is delicious. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, KFC. Um, <laughs> like, I'll tell you this much: it just Nashville just has this cool vibe. Everybody's like, "Oh, you got to do a bachelor party down there. You got to do a bachelorette yeah. party down there." Like, what is the feeling like? Is there a little bit more fun? Is it is it a more fun town than like, let's say? 
L.A. or even Austin? It's very similar to Austin. I, I, I've only spent a little time in Austin, but it is a very similar feeling where um, there's just a lot to do, man. Man, we're, we're I think we're the bachelorette capital of America. I think we passed I, Vegas. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I def, I've been to Nashville last year. I was there in Nashville three times, right? And never on a weekend, only on like Monday through, I think I was there on a Friday one time. Yeah. And it doesn't make a difference what day you go to, it's Broadway, right? Like that's yeah, the, oh, Broadway's the spot. Yeah. And I mean, like a Tuesday afternoon at one o'clock, there's a bachelor party, a bachelorette party. They go by on there. these pedal taverns, where yeah. there's these big right. bars that they wheel themselves around on. Yep. And it's, the city tried to ban those for a while, and uh, they weren't successful. That's part of our culture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll you'll see. Just I saw the other day, just like twenty people on the back of a John Deere tractor <laughs> riding through the city, and I'm just like, oh man. Uh, my favorite story is uh, the NFL draft was in Nashville a couple years ago, downtown right on Broadway. Right. And there was a there was a news article about the bachelorette parties that booked their bachelorette weekend the same weekend as the draft unknowingly. And just all of Broadway was shut down because of it. So these wow. all these women showed up hoping to bar hop on Broadway and they just can't get anywhere because there's just dudes with jerseys all over the place. I love that, dude. You got to research your weekend a little bit. Yeah, right. Those dudes with jerseys probably were the happiest guys around. I know. They loved it. So John mentioned hot chicken. So what... What is your, I mean, are you a hot chicken like person or is I've that a course? i love it. Yeah. I, I've lived here. I lived in Nashville since 2008, 13 right. years. I moved here and I was in high school and I've, yeah, I've slowly begun to love it. It's a so weird thing to get into, Is it? but yeah, is Patty it, B's is the big one. Right. It's the one everybody's yep, heard of. Heard one. There's one right down the street from Zany's now, which is great. So anytime comics come through, they're like, we got to just stop by. Yeah. Patty B's, but there's all these other little places all around. It's just amazing. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, so I, I ordered in from that Hattie B's when I was staying in that hotel. Right. And I'm like, I got to order some chicken. Right. So I ordered it in and made the, the biggest mistake of almost any food mistake I've made. And they were like, how hot do you want it? And I'm like, just make it as hot as you can make it. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, anybody listening that has had Nashville hot chicken, like in Nashville, knows what kind of mistake that is. And boy, did I pay. But I'll tell you what. It's called shut the cluck up. Yeah. It, I don't know what called. it was. That's what the hottest, uh, the hottest form of it is. Painful. It was painful. Like the medium will ruin your day. It ruined two days. And you got three levels above that. That's, all, that's all, yeah, and that's pretty crazy. I only made that mistake one other time in my life where they were like, you shouldn't get something that hot. Mm-hmm. And it was at an Indian restaurant in New York City. <laughs> and they were like, well, I ordered uh, chicken vindaloo, right? Which is like the vindaloo is the hot Indian sauce. And they were, the guy was like, how hot do you want it? And I'm like, I don't know, like an eight. And he was like, an eight? <laughs> Nobody ever gets an eight. He's like, you should get a three. Right. And I'm like, I'm not getting a three. Like I, I want to burn. And he was like, I can't in good conscience give you anything higher than a six. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to dine here unless I get a seven. <laughs> right. What's wrong with you, dude? So, anymore. Dude, they brought it out from 15 feet away. My eyes were burning. 
Wow. My eyes were burning. And I'm like, uh oh, that's a mistake. So some of these places will make you sign a, a waiver before I, you eat it. You, yeah. Did you have to sign something? Not there, but I did one time have to sign a waiver to eat chicken wings. That's when you're like, dude, if there's paperwork involved, maybe I should just get something else. I'll you know, it's mozzarella sticks. Or it's something. true. It's true. It's like if you got to sign a contract that you're going to, if you eat this, you're going to die in the restaurant or you may have a heart attack, just don't right. eat it. Yeah, I walk into some of these hot chicken places and you see the employees, this is pre-COVID, wearing masks and rubber gloves yeah, and like swimming goggles. And you're like, what is going on back there? And I get you just all eat whatever they're making, you know? That's wow. unbelievable. So before we Aaron, get... Aaron, are you right now? Am I are you on the road? Yeah. yeah, I'm on the road wherever they'll have me. I'm in Huntsville, Alabama this weekend. Then I'm in Bless. Appleton the next weekend. I'm kind of just all over, man, wherever though. We got pretty lucky down here where the clubs were only really closed in the South for a couple months right. really? last year. And then they were just kind of back at it. Reduced capacity still, but, you know, there's still places Still the crowds, be. I'm assuming, though. I mean, they're, 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 they're wanting it. They're loving it, obviously. Dude, the crowds, when we started, my, I did my first weekend back after COVID in May last year, which was so early yeah. compared to other places. But the crowd was so awesome, man. They were just so pumped because they hadn't been out of the house in months, you know. And is I think it's a, still that way. Is there it's a still- fear, though? Like you're up there and you're slinging jokes and you got like 40, 50 people or 100 people in the audience. And yeah. like we don't have a vaccine yet. Like did you? Yeah. Did, was there a little apprehension? Well, the clubs, uh, luckily, I did a lot of clubs that were doing all the right things. You know, I've done some of the funny bones will have the the glass partitions, plexiglass, and you're not doing a meet and greet. You're not meeting people. And at a certain point, I was like, dude, I'm not even headlining these shows. So the show's going to happen with or without me. So right. Right. I think I might as well be there, get paid. You know, that was my thinking. Um, but no, I never I never was too worried about it because I was doing I wasn't crazy about it ever, you know. So I just want to say before we get too far along, I want to yeah. like really introduce Aaron that he, he's part of the the Nate Land podcast for everybody that doesn't know who we're talking to, which would be insane to me. Uh, yeah, I don't. That's it's a little podcast that um, he I, he. Wait, who's your who's the other host of that Nate? something or other yeah nate uh the bar got be something yeah i can't pronounce that guy's name some hack Uh, you know that amazingly has like (laughs) six netflix specials he's he's part of that podcast he's the best um which is obviously one of my favorite podcasts out and i going to one one reason one that i listened to that a whole bunch of my friends who listen sent me like have you heard their episode on rhode island (laughs) right and (laughs) i'm like no and so I, they obviously directed me to it. And yeah. you guys do this whole little section in the show about the name Gregory. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and Gregory. I have to tell you, yeah. I didn't know any of those stats. All oh, right. <laughs> right. About the, the states with the most Gregories. Right. Right. And wasn't it wasn't it New Jersey? Yeah. And guess where I was born? New Jersey. New Jersey. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff we dig into. Okay? <laughs> oh, you guys dug into it. I'm like, this is over there. <laughs> so, I, sometimes when we're done recording, I just look at all my open tabs on my computer and I'm just like, how did we get here? Dude? <laughs> I'm literally Googling. I have like one tab is open and it's like, uh, how many Muslims are in the world? And then the next tab is like, uh, how many Gregories are in New Jersey? They're just <laughs> the dumbest Googles ever. 
I've still yet to meet a female named Greg. I haven't bumped into one of the point two three that exist in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than you think. I would have thought zero. <laughs> yeah, me too. Karen, can I switch? I just want to talk a little bit about uh, comedy and uh, and how you got kind of. Uh, fixed it with it because I mean, I've lived in the bubble of New York city mm -hmm. um, in New Jersey and Philadelphia for the last 30 some odd years. So I'm very familiar on how it's easy to kind of go up and, you know, like doing a mic and things like that. Where does that come from? I mean, being from, uh, where did you, where did you decide to start doing comedy? And I did, a, I joined a stand up club in college huh. where we would do shows for students like once a month. And I don't even count that when I'm asked how long I've been doing stand up because it's like, it's, dude, it's, just, you know, accounting class is wild. And then like everyone goes nuts. It's like fake, you know, it's just yeah. college students. So then I moved back to Nashville because that's where my family lived after college. And then I just started doing open mics around town. And I just got really lucky that Zanies is there. And it, it I, I had no idea that it was a good scene and that I could actually you know, be a professional comedian there. I had no clue starting that. I just lucked out, you know, because well, that's, that's where my family was. It, it's, it's, it's interesting because like, obviously like is Zanies, like they probably they run an open mic, but are there other open mics around the Nashville area that people can hit up and like, you know, get onto, or is it like, I mean, obviously in New Jersey, like you do a mic in the city in, in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like four or five o'clock. There's nobody there. There's mics in Jersey that you go to, and it's it's like a full audience. You know what wow. I mean? You're doing yeah. a tight five in front of an audience. How is it down there? Yeah, I mean, you're also competing with music uh, uh, open mics as well. I assume down there. Yeah, there's a lot of music stuff going on, but I you a lot of venues are looking for a break from that sometimes. So the comedy will get their off nights. So uh, before COVID, I could get up nine or ten times a week. Wow, um, just stuff around town. And so there's open mics at bars and, and uh, independent music venues, places like that. Um, there's there's Zanies, obviously, but then there's a, a club called the Comedy Bar here, and they give a lot of local stage time. And then there's a club called Third Club that's like an improv club where they do stand-up stuff. So there was no shortage of, of places to go up. I, I feel like if I were ever like, I'm not getting up enough, then, uh, then I would have you know, looked into moving somewhere, but I, we were really rolling for a while. And that's starting to come back now. Like there are, there are a bunch of open mics throughout the week now. Uh, I mean, how does it, I mean, I got to ask how it feels like now that everything's coming back. I mean, you've been in comedy, you know, you, you, you how long you've been uh, doing in comedy? I apologize. Six years, not too long. Six, Six years. years this summer. How does it yeah. feel to be the godfather though? Kind of in Nashville, you know what I mean? You're touring with a major talent, uh, a national tour. Um, you've got, you're on a wildly popular podcast and you're six years in and it's like, people are coming to you and kissing the ring a little bit. Oh, no, I don't, I, I don't know about that. I feel, I always feel like, uh, there, there's like a tier above me of guys that I think about that, about, you know, Dusty Slay is a guy. I don't know if y'all know Dusty. Sure. Yep. But, uh, Dusty was in Nashville when I started and he was kind of that. My God, if I could ever get to get to that level, you know, and maybe that's just the natural progression as you kind of start to become that for the next wave. I don't mm -hmm. know, but I, I never, uh, I never feel that way. Really. I'm still pretty close with the, with all the comics here and it's a tight knit community. So I never I mean, feel dude, like, you, um, 
You would come into New York City and, I mean, the questions that would be coming, like people just walking up to you at the bar and being like, hey, like they would you you would be you would be like Don Corleone. Do you know what I mean? That sounds that sounds all right. Yeah, that's just that's just how it goes. It's like if you're if you're doing well. Um, and there are some that are like a little intimidated or they're, they're pieces of garbage and just, you know, they're like, ah, he got that luck. But there are, but the the curious minds, um, they will like kind of be like, oh my gosh. And I mean, it's fun watching, you know, like somebody like come into town, like, let's say like a Matt Reif, uh, from LA who's been comedy for, you know, about eight, nine years. But like there's comedy, there's comedians there that like, for two, three years, and literally people are just like flocking to him and just being like, So how do you do it? And it's right, and it's right. funny to me because and, and no offense to you guys, but it's like you've got Sherrod Small sitting at the other end of the bar for sure, sitting next to Jamie Lee, uh, Jamie Lee over there. Like you could ask them as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I get that for sure. I, I it's not lost on me that I'm very lucky that just for whatever reason I was in the right place at the right time. I got like five people that are nice enough to take me on the road with them. I've just gotten super lucky in that way. Who was the first one to take you out uh, on the road? Dusty Slay was the first guy. We became friends and he would take me on the road. And then uh, a guy named Henry Cho, who lives here in Nashville. Henry Cho takes me on the road. I'm with him this weekend. Oh, that's cool. Um, Kathleen Madigan, I get to go on the road with her sometimes because she lives here. Um. John she, Christ she's is another awesome. guy who lives here, a good friend of mine. I opened for him and and uh Yeah, you know what? I'm surprised yeah. John was just out here in Connecticut. I'm I'm we're I'm based in Connecticut. At Bridgeport, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were you weren't were you on those shows? No, I'm I'm opening for him in Appleton next weekend, but I Got wasn't it. wasn't on those shows. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I'm sure they would have told me if you were out here. Mm-hmm. Um so how'd you get hooked up with Nate? I met him at an open mic here in town because one of the coolest things was when Nate had a Tonight Show set. Right. He would come to Nashville and he'd run it at like every every show in the city leading up to it. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, everybody just got to see Nate pop in and run that set. And we just met um, just outside of an open mic. And then I opened for him like a few years ago in Tampa. And we just had a a little bit of a friendship. I'm really good friends with uh, Brian Bates, who's on the podcast right. with me, and he's sure. a longtime friend of Nate. So I just kind of got to know him from that. And then I got a call out of the blue from him. Do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would like to do it. <laughs> you know? So it's crazy. It's just I, I don't know how I just fell into fell into place. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, right to kind of like. I mean, listen, Nashville, like you just said, is is building its own scene. Is there any desire to kind of move out of that area and move on to somewhere else? Maybe Austin, which is another bright scene, L.A. or New York City? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. Austin, I feel like is uh, I might get some flack for this, but I feel like Austin is it's more of a lateral move from Nashville than New York or L.A. would be Right. right now. That's just how I feel about it. I definitely want to have more of a presence in all those places, you know, but it's, I've thought about it a lot for sure, but you know, I'm, I'm working the road. I'm working every weekend. I'm, I'm living as a comedian. So it's kind of like, I don't know if, if, if there were, if somebody, somebody could make an argument to me for sure for that. And I would, I would be open to it and listen to it. 
You know, I mean, no, they're not clamoring for me to come there. It's not like people are fighting for me. <laughs> you got to get to L.A., dude. Nobody's <laughs> asking me to go to L.A. <laughs> but but if but if I was ever given a reason to consider it, I definitely would. I, I love that I uh, that, that you're a working comedian and you're making a living as a comedian. Do you mm. and and I always I'm fascinated by the story of when you said to yourself and you opened you had enough dates in the calendar that you're like I don't need to go to my nine to five anymore. Do you yeah. remember that moment? For sure, for sure. Yeah, um, man, that was a big moment because I, I what happened was I had a job that let me work remotely. So it was kind of the perfect situation where I could kind of go on the road whenever I wanted. And then that job stopped paying me for about <laughs> six, six or seven months. And a lot has gone down with the company since then. But I just kind of looked up one day and I was like, oh, I'm already doing it because my job isn't paying me. So I was like, all right, now I've got like a test run being a full-time comedian without officially being a full-time comedian. So I was like, all right, now I'm out of this for sure. So I quit that job and then just kept doing comedy. How long ago um, was that? That was September of 2019. Oh, so not, I mean. Yeah. And then, people. so, yeah, you know, six months later, COVID hit. Right. Got it. And then you start to be like, what did I do? <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. Uh, it's we, like you have that. <laughs> yeah. You have that, you have that safety net, obviously. Yeah. And I, I yeah. hear a lot of comics. I mean. You know, I, I see the comics, um, whether it's L.A. or New York, and they're doing catering jobs and shit like that. But there has to be that moment. And especially to have that moment and, you know, not being and, – and maybe I'll get from flat, but not being in the big leagues of, yeah, of, of yeah. there. But, you know, working – and it, it's, it's awesome that, you know, the, there's a great community. Um, you still got to – you feel you, – and, and it sounds like you're very humbled by the whole experience. Yeah. Yeah, well, co comedy will humble you pretty quick, man. If you, if, I feel like if you get an ego, it'll be ripped away from you pretty quick. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I, one of the coolest things is to see a comedian that you know is great do badly. And then you're like, oh, like yeah. it's never, uh, you know, Jerry you're just always just a few words away. So I feel yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. But the, the safety net thing, it was like, I for sure had a safety net. And then one day I looked down and I was like, oh, that net's been gone for six months. Yeah. So yeah. let's just get it's rid of it. It's a good feeling. That, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walking across that tightrope and being like halfway across already. Yeah. And then, but then getting the soup of COVID. I mean, there had yeah. to be a little bit of uncertainty when that happened. Definitely. Definitely. Because, dude, we knew, I mean, it's hard to remember now. It was a year ago. We knew nothing about it. I yeah. kept hearing, we'll be back, you know, in the fall. Yep. And the fall came, we'll be back 2022. And it's like, my God, like, what is, what is happening? <laughs> I don't know. Just stuck through it. I feel like things are, things are getting back to normal now. That's how it feels down here. I don't know how it yeah. feels in that <laughs> part of the country, but. Yeah, it's actually pretty wild that, you know, I'm in Connecticut, which is, it's like a world away from New York City with how they've managed the COVID stuff. Yeah. But as of a couple of weeks from now, Connecticut's wide open, like no more restrictions, no more social distancing, no more capacity issues. So everything is, you know, come May 19th, um, will be fully out there. So, wow. you know, that's clubs, great, man. clubs could be full capacity. At, at least that's how everyone is reading what they came out with the other day. So, yeah. you know, we'll see how that, how that sticks. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's obviously a good sign that, um, you know, the summer could see some back to true normal.
And do you feel like people are ready to get back out and come to shows and things? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've been promoting shows out here in Connecticut since August. You know, obviously limited capacities, but and it's bounced back and forth between, you know, 100 people to 50 people to 25 people to now it's back to like 50 people. And, you know, so it's it's pendulum back and forth a bunch. Uh But Uh we were only truly shut down like for nothing for a couple, maybe three months. Okay, as far as. You know, doing things. That's good to hear because w- yeah. when when I ke- you know, the South kept getting flack for look at all these people coming out to shows and disregarding, and then it's like, dude, y'all would do that if you could, right? Oh, sure, you know? absolutely, yeah. yeah, absolutely, hands down on that. Yeah, like we did shows in the park uh, over the summertime, and those were packed. I mean, we had 125 people in Sheep Meadow at one time watching, you know, stand-up comedy, you know, and yes, it wasn't inside, but if we had the availability, I bet you a thousand times percent. Yeah. But then yeah. you, what happens is that you get the, uh, these little pests, that uh, these journalists, they you know have these, you know, two bit things to say. And, you know, it's, 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 it's bothersome because, you know, you're, 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 you're chastising, comedians for doing their art and not only that but this is how they make a living right. and this is how they're putting food in their mouths <laughs> right well the people that got mad about it don't understand that aspect of it right sure like that this is an actual job yeah you know you're listening to another episode of the somewhat damaged podcast part of the historic media podcast network and brought to you by corona premiere only 90 calories 2.6 grams of carbs and now available on draft do your family think it's a job for you? Are they are they supportive? Are they at that point? Yeah, I feel like that, I, I've been pretty lucky about that. They've been supportive. My parents are teachers, so they've never they've never been like you got to make money. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, they know the rub. Uh, no, they get it. My mom was a musician for a while, so she understands like the the desire to be on the road and stuff like that. So I've been pretty lucky about that. They've been supportive for sure. It took them, it was a while before I invited them to a show. I was smart about that where I was like, it's gotta be a real show. I'm not dragging the family to an open mic. Yeah. Right. And I gotta know that I'm going to do okay. So what show is it? Was it a, was it an Opry show? They saw me. Oh no, that was a while. They saw me open for emo Phillips. Oh wow. At uh at Zany's. That's a interesting bill. Yeah, they were. Uh, they didn't. They didn't research emo at all. They were, like, <laughs> oh. they were like, not quite sure what's going on with this guy. But, uh, but that no was one. Is, no one is. Him. No one's yeah, quite sure what's going on with that guy. He's so smart and so funny, but it's just so different than anything else you'd ever see. Yeah, oh, it has know? been. Always has been. I mean, that's yeah. you know since the jump with with him. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about the 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 Opry for a second. Like, how did that whole okay. thing come about? And being the first, right? You're the first comedian to ever do anything there. Uh, the youngest, right? youngest, okay, the youngest. And they're starting to incorporate comedians more, which is really fun. Right. I did a show. It's another one of those just right place, right time things. I did a show uh, at Zany's. Brad Paisley did a show that I submitted a a video for, and he picked mine. And I did it with Dusty Slay and Greg Warren. We were the three comics on it. Right. And uh, the show went great. And I meet a guy after the show. His name is Dan. And he says, you know, one day maybe you'll perform at the Opry. And I go, all right, great. And I don't think about it. I'm like, this guy's just being nice. I, two years later, that guy <laughs> is the president of the Grand Old Opry. 
Wow. He gets promoted. So I get an email out of the blue from him that says, do you want to perform at the Grand Old Opry? I said, yeah. And it shows just out of nowhere. And then a month later, I performed there. And now I perform there five or six times. So are they I'm are doing, they, yeah. Is it your own show or is it part of a, a it's a big a, showcase. Right. So it's of, it. of all, it's all musicians and then one comedian. Right. And the, you know, it's live radio. So they're very particular about time. So sure. what the comedian will do is you just do as long as we need you to do to get back on schedule. Got it. Which is super stressful as a comedian, you know, like they tell you you have an 11 minute set. So all week I'm like, I got my 11 minutes. Exactly. And then I show up and the stage manager's pushing me out on stage and he goes, get off at a uh, eight 53. And then, so I'm like walking out. Hey, everybody like look at trying to, you know, I got to do four more minutes than I thought of, which is right. so just that baptism by fire is, right. is yeah. the best way to put it. How are those so cool, man? I, I, they're awesome. It's yeah. it's uh, reduced capacity now, but it's still like eleven hundred people. Yeah, because wow. it's normally forty five hundred or something. Right. Yeah, they're all wearing masks and they're spread out, but they're great, man. They're they're so excited to be there. Right. A lot of like as people they come to Nashville. This is their vacation is to sure. go see the Grand Old Opry. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's pretty special. It's, it's I mean. Kinda- the 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 Grand Ole Opry. I mean, it's great that they're bringing comedy. I mean, Smothers Brothers used to do like you know like online, you know, not online, excuse me, but radio sketches and front live from that stage. So it's nice that like comedy is playing a part um, yeah. with that again. Was is it, is it does it seem different though that you're you're, you're doing a um, a comedy set in the middle of music though? I mean, Jim Brewer is famous for doing like opening up for Metallica. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, is right. there like, is there a disconnect when they're just like, all right, we're off the air in three, two. And then you're all of a sudden you're being pushed on stage to kind of do, you know, yeah. uh, relationships are weird. Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. With the McDonald's, you know, they just heard, they just heard like a country music hall of famer. And then I yeah. walk out. Like, hey guys. My shirt fits weird. You know, yeah, it is. They do a great job. I think the contrast actually helps because it's a it's a, such a break from what the show is. Usually sure. it's like three acts in. So three different acts and then a comedian will go. I'll just do like 12 minutes or right. however yeah. long. And um, I think the contrast helps. They do such a great job setting it up. The announcers at the Opry are so good. There's this guy, Bill oh, yeah. Cody. He's just got the best Southern voice. And every time he introduces me, I'm like, oh, man, it gets me fired up. So he does such a, you know, he'll be like, how many people out there are from Alabama? And he, nuts. and he goes, we've got an Alabama boy. Very, very funny. Please welcome him. You know, and I'm, so they set you up so great. You got to get that. You got to have him set. You got to use that like when you tour. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, Derek Jeter, obviously he's on play anymore, but the uh, Gene Merrill, I think was the old announcer from Yankee, from the Yankee, from Yankee Stadium who announced mm-hmm. for like 75 years was the house announcer at Yankee Stadium. And when he died while Derek was still playing, he, every time Derek would go up to bat at Yankee Stadium, they would use his announcing oh, of Derek awesome. Jeter, not that's the awesome. guy that was the new house announcer. Mm-hmm. And you know, he had this very specific way of announcing Derek Jeter. And the second yeah. it came on, like the crowd would just go friggin' nuts because it was Gene Merrill, you know, announcing That's Derek awesome. Jeter. I need to get the audio from Bill Cody bringing yeah. me on stage. Yeah. Yep. Just play that everywhere. Everywhere. 
Yeah, or yeah. That, What's that, your walk-up song? Your I'll send you an MP3 real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so who who's the biggest country act you've had to follow at the coming out at the Opry? Uh, do you do you follow country? Do you know a lot of the newer guys, or is it just? I mean, old, not not old, no, old I don't follow it. Like I'm not a huge uh, follower. Eric no, I mean, I know enough. Uh, did you say Eric Church? Yeah. Oh, I would love to do a show there, Church. No. Uh, there's a uh, man. I'm trying to Ricky Skaggs. Some of these, of course, old, yeah, old like, legendary. I did a show with Ricky Skaggs, which is crazy. Wow. And then uh, Old Crow Medicine Show. Sure. Yeah. Wagon Wheel. Yeah. Just big bands like that. And then right. uh, I, I'm now learning about this older generation of country music that I didn't know anything about. Like who? Uh, Janine Seeley. I've done a ton of shows with her. Lori Morgan. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that yeah, there's they're like these legends, you know, from years and years ago that are still right. killing it at the Opry. So I'm just learning about them. Yeah, the the guitar player, I think he's the guitar player, the bass player from Old Dominion is from our neck of the woods out here. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Old yeah. Dominion, I think Old Dominion plays there quite a bit. I'm sure they do. They they yeah. tour with Kenny Chesney a lot. Like that's mm-hmm. how they kind of got. I guess you know how good the the house band is at the Opry. They're like, what do you want your walk up song to be? And I go. Well, what can you guys play? And the guy just looks at me and goes, I mean, we can play anything. (laughs) (laughs) They're just so good, dude, that they're like, you're not going to stump us. dude." What was your song? What was your walk-up song? I I just said, play whatever. And they play Walk the Line by Johnny Johnny Cash when I walk out, which is great. I just said, play whatever. But one of these days, I want to come in. I want to find some just crazy song and try to stump them and be like, oh, yeah. And I got a DeVita. (laughs) Slayer. You should be like, can you guys play Rain and Blood by Slayer? Yeah, Flight of the Bumblebees, Bluegrass Edition. (laughs) (laughs) I just fucking Charlie Daniels in it. That is so funny. So It's just, but like, but you played there five times. Like they're not putting you on. Like they're just like, I'm gonna play this song about my mama who I just lost the cancer last month. And oh, I was yeah. like, bring out this yeah, comedian. Yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> 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 but I'm telling you, the host is so good that he will reset it in a way that that won't matter. Because he'll he'll come on between the acts and just segue perfectly into it so it's never been a problem it is a little jarring when i'm standing on the side of the stage and there's just some legend you know telling a story right and and killing you know the musicians always get pretty easy laughs yeah, sure. yeah. they'll yeah. be like they'll be like man this guitar won't stay in tune and the place just goes <laughs> <nuts>. <laughs> And then I'm back there like, come on, dude. You know. They haven't even heard my McDonald's story yet. <laughs> so wait, so I have a, I really have a question. I'm dying to know the answer. And it has to be, there has to be some tongue in cheek involved in it. So your website is still a MySpace page. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's actually a WordPress site that I built to look like a, 2004 MySpace. era MySpace page. Right. So I, yeah, I, I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, okay, is this really a MySpace page? <laughs> like, what is going on here? Look, it I might be a horrible business decision. Up right now. Yeah, pull it. AaronWeberComedy.com. I got my top eight on there. I think I'm Who online now. Who is your top now. eight? <laughs> is I Tom put, in your top eight? <laughs> Tom is in the top eight for sure. I think the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> are on my top eight and then just 
some uh, some venues and festivals that I've done. It, I just so wanted weird. to do something different because I, I I can build websites I have for a while, right? And I think people are nostalgic about this early era of social media. Yeah, you, you know, know what's funny? I I stumbled into. I must have kept a screen grab or something of the very first web page I ever like built for anything. Oh, yeah? And it was like on AOL in like the early two thousands or something, right? Yeah. And it had like those terrible like circular gifts that would like oh, you know like yeah. <laughs> right? and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Right. Like we should republish this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw your you should yeah, right. look up uh, Space Jam. The movie Space Jam still has its original website up from 1998. Wait, I so I th- I heard that they just changed it because the new Space Jam is coming. Oh, out. that would be a real shame if that's what happened. <laughs> they can't keep the old website up. It was such. A, it's like an ar- dude. Was it archival? Um, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> terrible. Yeah, they took it down. How about that? Man, what a shame. Who do I write? Is this, I'm going to call a yeah, senator. This is, this is, call Schumer. Call Howard. Not Schumer. This you got to call Newsom. Doing, okay. Newsom. Call, gov- call uh, what's it, Newsom and be like, dude, you got to do something else. Well, oh. I'll Google who my senator is and then I'll email. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. You guys are lucky. All your senators and congressmen are famous. <laughs> so I got to look these people up. Hey, it's better. Like, better to keep them non-famous. They're I know. Probably, they're probably doing Wasn't that great when you didn't yeah. know anybody? I know. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I sat on a plane once with Chuck Schumer. Yeah. And he he was a dick. He was genuinely a dick. Like, he mm-hmm. he, he was looking for all the attention the entire plane, six hours from Los Angeles back to New York. Kept standing up. Your arm is on my side. If like, you could just, I'm like, does he? Why doesn't he just walk up and down the aisle and just introduce himself to every one of the 300 <laughs> freaking people on this plane? Like, that's what he's going for. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, hey, man. Uh, not off topic. Aaron, did you celebrate 420 yesterday? No, I, I did a TED talk last night on 420. Wow. So I needed to be uh, really weird that I did a TED talk. I understand. That. Can Can but, you elaborate a little? It was, it was, they had TEDx Nashville and they wanted some comedians. So they reached out to me and Dusty Slay both did a TED talk. And so that was on 420. So that kind of, that was my whole day. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to uh, get in the wrong mindset. Yeah. Did you slug a couple drinks afterwards with Dusty? Yeah, we hung out. I mean, we were hanging out all day, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weed. I mean, it's legal in Connecticut and New York and. No, New York yeah. it is. You're allowed to carry it. And I, I don't think that's the same down with you guys, is it? Yet? No, dude. Nashville. I feel like I think it might be decriminalized in Nashville, but statewide, it'll be one of the last states. I just yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, uh Aaron talking to you, it's like, you know, in the game for six years, you're doing you're 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 still going to open mics, you're touring nationally, you're on a uh, worldwide famous, you're doing fucking headache talks. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Just killing Look, it, baby. Hey, Kill well, it. we'll see. We'll see if the TED talk goes anywhere. They might not want to put it up. <laughs> you better put it up. I'm going to call my senator if they don't put that TED talk up. <laughs> I'm going to call Ted. Ted. Whoever the yeah, hell Ted is, Ted. I'm calling him. <laughs> That's why we met the guy running it last night, and I was like, "Is this is this Ted?" This might be him. I think Ted's here. Better chance his name is Greg. 
<laughs> and from Rhode Island. So Ireland, listen, New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, right. So before, <laughs> before we roll, I do want to bring up that you just, your, uh, your album, your new, new album. Oh, yeah. Right? Thanks, man. Um, yeah. It, so yeah. Tell us about that. I recorded it in September at the club. It came out in March. It's uh, it's my first ever anything that I put out. So it's been fun just to have something out. And then hopefully that forces me to write some new stuff. Right. That was like, that, that'll that be the best thing to come of it. It's just, I've been doing this material for a while. And it's like, let's just unload it. Right. Yeah, it's you know, called Shirts and Skins, right? Shirts and Skins, because that's when I quit playing basketball. <laughs> yeah. I started doing Shirts and shirts, Skins. Me, you know what, dude? So did I. <laughs> Literally, so did I. I'm like, I am not playing a Shirts and Skins game. Your leaders in the same gym at practice. I'm like, I'm not doing this, dude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you know what's funny? It's very similar. Like, you have that whole bit about breaking a chair, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've never actually broken a chair, but I have that same fear. Oh, right. Really? Like I have yeah. that same fear. And I look at every chair that I'll, I'll go sit in and depending on that, you know, that the size of that chair or what kind of chair it is, like it yeah. does always go through my mind. Like, mm, I mean, that chair doesn't look that, that, that well-made. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. But there's no way to recover from it. Like if you break a chair, you can't get up and go, oh, that was the chair's fault. It's like, no, this is the first time it's broke. People have been sitting in it for a while. Now. It's not yeah. like you sat on an already broken chair. Right, you broke it. Yeah, it, there's it, no recovery. It's so I have the same. It, the same thing goes through my mind when you walk into a restaurant where the tables are really close together. Oh yeah, and you have to pick which seat you got to sit in. And every time I get up to go through, like, am I going to knock that person's glass or plate off their table with my ass as I go? Like like whittle my way between the two tables. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Oh, you <laughs> just, you just, oh man, I respect it. I don't. I respect, I respect it I will, too. I mean, first of all, I'm a chair guy. I will choose the chair over the booth any day. That's me that's me. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, yeah. but if I have to squeeze in, I think the funniest that I've ever seen somebody break a chair was uh, this. Uh, I was working at a radio station. Um, when I was in college and we were backstage at like Z 100s, like they're like the, the big jingle ball. Yep, jingle ball. And this girl is getting hammered, hammered, absolutely hammered. And Billy Joe Armstrong is over there and she's like this small little petite girl, but she sits on this table and the table was like, I guess the, the one side fucking flapped up and yeah. Fucking flew in the air like the everywhere. And I remember she put her hand out for Billy Joe Armstrong to help her out, and he fucking walked away. <laughs> Welcome to paradise. Wow. Man, to do it in front of a celebrity, and then that's pretty crazy. Oh my god. I'll tell you, Henry Cho and I, after shows, we always go to a Waffle House or an IHOP. And I remember yeah. we, went, we went to a Waffle House and he was like there's a booth open and a table open. And he's like, you want to take the table? As in, like, the booths are pretty tight. You should be nice. Like, and I remember thinking, if I'm too fat to sit in a Waffle House booth, <laughs> then I can't, I can't have, you know, I can't do that. So I go, no, nah, the booth is fine. And, dude, I get, I'm sitting there <laughs> the whole meal. And he kept being like, you sure you're okay? I was like, oh, no, I feel great, dude. I'm just getting pushed in. 
by this <laughs> Waffle House table. <laughs> and I was like, I go, all right, good night, man. I get in my car and, dude, I just have a bruise. <laughs> just a line across my stomach. And from that point on, I'm like, you know what? I'll just take a table if I can. <laughs> you know? There's no shame in it. Let's just sit at a table. No, I, I always, I never picked, ever picked the booth. Like, it's, it's always, it's always a mistake. I mean, listen, uh, before we go, Aaron, uh, we always ask this question. Or I actually, Greg doesn't give a, uh, Greg likes question, but what was the best thing you ate this week? And, um, we're, we're, I mean, it could be anything. It could be, uh, somebody said like that it was good for their soul. No, no, I wonder what tasted the best. Oh, dude. I, you know uh, what I mean? I get this, uh, I'm doing this thing where I only eat for four hours a day. Oh, intermittent fasting. Yeah, which is I've lost like 35, 35 pounds hey, in the last couple months. On that, months which thank you, which is great, but it's like you know that four hours is you know there are so many other hours in a day. Yeah, you know it's <laughs> twenty actually. <laughs> you don't think about that, but man, there are so many other hours. But I get this uh, Kaneka sausage. It's called. I get it at the at the grocery store and it's just this Cajun sausage with some kick and I slice it up and I just cook it on the pan and it's the best thing in the world, man. I'll eat a, I'll eat a whole, I don't even know what you call it. Tube. I'll eat a whole thing of sausage. Now, are you doing doing dieting with intermittent fast? Are you doing any carb with that? Like I'm just trying not to eat bread and stuff like that. I'm not being too scientific about it because of, because I know that I'll fail. If I start, to, if I, if I go, I'm doing keto, I don't even know what that means, but I just know, I just know bread is bad. So I'm just like, let me just not eat. So I'm just eating meat and cheese and vegetables. Right. Essentially. You know, there's a guy, there's an Instagram dude. And if I, if I remember, I'll, I'll hunt it down and I'll send it to you. He's, he's an intermittent fasting like guru. Yeah. But of course he's like ripped. You know, muscle head ripped, like like no fat yeah. on him whatsoever. Doesn't need the intermittent. Doesn't fast. need the intermittent yeah. fast, <laughs> yeah. but he does. And he, you, the stuff that he eats in a day, and he posts it all on Instagram. Like, and you'll watch him eat two pizzas, two birthday wow. cakes, forty four tacos, and I'm like, that, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it too. I've done intermittent fasting for years yeah and i'm still 235 pounds what's your five, oh god i would love to be 235 what's but i'm 5'9 <laughs> <Okay>. i'm only 5'9 <laughs> <five nine. laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, if i was 6'3 it'd be fine <laughs> i want to see that guy fail i want to see his fall from grace yeah like me the too one- yeah and like he snaps his leg and he's fucking wheelchair bound and he just blows up the like 450 and I just want to fucking yeah fuck you right I got a buddy I got a buddy named Connor who's a comic who's very funny very handsome and he always talks about how he used to be fat and his fat would be like I would love to get to where he was yeah and he always talks about it and I I just tell him god I I hope you get so fat soon (laughs) I would love for you to just gain a hundred pounds you know it's funny I, yeah. I had a doctor's appointment a couple of weeks ago and he, he, I was asking him, I'm like, you know, I really need some real good advice on how to lose like 30 pounds, right? Because I, I've done everything. Like I'm an avid gym goer. I box and spar three, four days a week, right? Like I'm burning. I mean, I, I sweat it, it, ridiculous. It's disgusting and I can't lose 30 pounds. So he's, he's like, oh, you're probably just predisposed to be 
like that. And I'm like, okay. He's like, how, what, what did you weigh um, in college? And I'm like, well, I, I recall weighing like 190. And he's like, oh, so you, you've always been a pretty thick guy. And I'm like, what? I'm like, hold on. So I pull out a picture of me in college on my phone and I'm like, look at this. Is that a thick guy? And he looked at me and he was like, yeah, kind of. And I'm like, I had, I wore a 34 jeans. I was in like a medium large shirt. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? What size is a normal person supposed to be? That's so funny to go to a doctor. Hey, I'm trying to lose weight. Ah, I think you're just meant to be fat. <laughs> like, what? I used to be skinny. Nah, I don't believe it. You know, and I told my mom this story, and I'm like, you know, can you believe this? Like, I showed him this picture, and I thought that was, like, super trim, thin. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, when you were younger and we used to have to take you to the store to buy clothes, like, your your jacket from graduating eighth grade, I had to take you to the husky section. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. You didn't know. That's good. She hid it from you. Oh. God damn it. Whatever. Anyway, on that note. First of all, why do you have a picture of yourself in college on your phone? I was going to say, it sounds like it was your wallpaper, man. You held up your phone. It's the best picture I've got. I have pictures of me from high school, and I'm like, I didn't know it. at the. I was in the best shape of my life, and I had no idea. Right. And I'm just like, God, if I could go back to that. I know. That's what. That's my point. That's what I was saying. Like, if I could get back to this, like... Mm. You're still calling me fat, doctor. Like, screw you, buddy. <laughs> nah, it's over for us. Forget it. Fuck. It. I know. I'm, I'm throwing it in. I'm just going to eat bacon until I explode. I'm flying down to fucking Nashville. We're going to get some chicken hot. That sounds good, dude. Yeah, when y'all come down, let's get some hot chicken. Not it's at KFC. Not at KFC, dude. We'll get no. we'll get the real the real McCoy. Yeah, so yeah we'll get good. So listen, man, thanks a lot. Obviously, hey, uh, every, everybody knows where to find you. Uh, we'll list it and all this stuff. But when you, if you're coming out this way, obviously, John will talk to you about it, you know, the club, and we'd love to see I you. I have three shows love to, right now. So, yes, I'll put you on anything. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Thank you so much. Yeah, I hope I can get up there soon. All right, guys. Absolutely. For sure. Thanks, Iron Man. Thank you, Thank guys. You.